It's the best present you could wish for this Christmas. It's the This Game Where podcast. Watcher Ashley. Hello, Christopher. Nothing to say. Yep. I've got nothing to say about that. It's very formal, that was, wasn't it? How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I feel a bit floaty, like I'm detached from time. Is that okay? I said I'm okay, thank you, and then I said that I'm detached from time. Like you're walking That's in fine, the air. isn't it? That's festive. Kind of like I'm walking in the air, yeah. But more like walking in a tear between time and space. Christ. So very philosophical. Yeah. One so minute, maybe I'm not it? okay. No, it doesn't sound Maybe like I'm it. not okay. Are you okay? Yeah, I am. I'm all right. Good. I'm a bit concerned about you now. Do you want me to... Well, basically, I don't feel very Christmassy. Right. And it's Christmas, so I feel quite detached from the... Yeah. I think that's maybe what I'm saying. Right. Do you want your present? Oh, yeah. Even though it's not related to the game. Yeah. So the brief you told me was I had to give you a present that was a link to the game in some way. And I just didn't. I just got your present. Let me just correct you, please, on that. That is not a brief I gave you. That is a brief that we agreed <laughs> between us last year. It was instructions. And then agreed again this year. You have me handcuffed. You have me tied to a chair. You insisted. Mm-mm. This is that what That was happened. a different day altogether and right. for a very different reason. Okay. As you well know. Anyway, present. Christmas present. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Christmas present. Christmas present. Is it Christmassy enough yet? It's more Christmassy Get now. the Christmas present out. Right. I've just sent it to you. It's your email. It's landed. Are you serious? Yeah. Just sent it. Which email address? Your personal one. Okay. This is weird. This isn't the present that I was expecting you to... Which personal one, please? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen anything. The one that begins with D? Nope. Right, just not keep pressing refresh. Anything. It'll come through. It's quite. A, it's got quite a big file size, so it might take a while to come through. Have you bought yourself a book? Maybe. Is that what you've done? Have I got a bit of my book? <laughs> PDF on the way. That's what you've done, isn't it? Oh, Jesus. Which one have you got yourself? Oh, hello. Hello. Hang on. Oh, there it is. Ho, ho, ho. Straight into the bin. That's where you need to go. <laughs> Did it really go straight into the trash? Yeah. It's a spam, sorry. Great. Yeah. GTW book. It's the games that Game. weren't. Oh, right. Okay. Brilliant. So, so that's going to sit on your desktop, on your coffee table, is it? Yeah, absolutely. You know how much I love those coffee table books. So it's the Bitmap Books' latest effort called The Games That Weren't. So it's all about games that, for whatever reason... That never happened. Yeah, in whatever state of being developed. uh, There's some... I've had a bit of a flick through. There are some that were pretty much finished and then didn't get actually released. And then there's some Hmm. that were nothing more than ideas. Uh, And it's just kind of go through and touch through each of them. There's interviews with some of the developers. It's just another lovely Bitmap Books book. Pretty much one that I wanted to buy myself. But I thought if I gave it to you as a present, then I can justify buying it for myself. So uh, happy Christmas, me. Mm. I don't think it was worth you buggering up the format for. That's what I'll say. There you go. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I won't have a look at it because I don't think you were supposed to send me it. So I will delete it promptly. Right. Well, I've not done very well for you for <laughs> Christmas, have I? I've given you a, a book well, that you're not going to read and I gave you the present of watching me eat Six Mince Pies, which no, you were quite book, nonplussed about. I wasn't going to get the book anyway, I don't imagine. Because if we'd been doing this in real life, then you wouldn't have given me the book, would you? Yeah, I would. No way would you have bought me the book. Way? Yeah, well, that's quite nice. Yeah, there you go. That's quite nice. Eat those you're going to be thoroughly depressed next week at Great. how little I put, uh, put value on our friendship. <laughs> With regards to what I've bought you. Right. Just remember this year that I made, handmade, some Pokemon things for you last year. Yeah, you really did. Really nice ones. Yeah, they've got so pride of place just, on the tree this year. Have they really? Yeah. That's nice to know. Yeah. Just remember that next year. All right. Uh, I mean this year. 
Remember that this year. You need to tell us what the game is. Yeah, exactly. Now I've got the Christmas pleasantries out of the way, it's back onto business as normal. So as it is a festive episode, this is a, a game that I received for Christmas one year, and I think therein ends the Christmas-related chat, really, doesn't it? Okay, no, no good story on what happened for this Christmas present, or sort we'll of. get into that after. Yeah, is this okay. game where? So, what sort of game is it? What is the game? It's this game where you equip animals to gain skills. It has biblical links, and it is an action... Uh, Noah's Ark. That Noah's Ark one on Mega Drive. Sorry, oh. I've interrupted you. Go on. And, and it's an action RPG. Biblical links action rpg mm-hmm. oh is it that french one that you told me about uh cl- <sighs> begins with a c crusader yeah crusader of senti well done. crusader yes. of senti yeah it is yeah it is oh brilliant that's a mega drive action rpg that as you said yeah um, which they've got a really particular feel i think mega drive RPGs. Yeah, definitely. So, interesting choice. I found a Kotaku article earlier where the person had written it and the whole point of it was, I really like Mega Drive, SNES, 60-bit action RPGs. Why aren't there more of them? Mm. I mean, there are a few knocking rounds. Blossom's Tale springs to mind. Yes. Which is yep. one that you got me into. Swords of Ditto. That's a modern take on on like a top-down right. 2D Zelda-esque action RPG. The thing is, though, I think even... Compared to RPGs or action RPGs on the SNES, I think the Mega Drive breed of action RPG has a very distinct feel. Yeah, definitely. To them. Not just because of the way they look, but because of the way they play and the the sensibilities, the design choices that have been made. I don't know why it is. They pop a lot more, I think, visually. Do you think so? Yeah, Mm, I do. That's interesting. We'll come to that. You've mentioned Crusader Ascenti, so that's what it's called in America. It was called Soleil, so S-O-L-E-I-L, which is French Mm. for sun or sunshine either or, mm. in Europe. And then in Japan, it was called Ragnacenti. So it's uh, a game with multiple names. I have no idea what the reason for that is. And also, <laughs> you said French RPG, because I always assumed it was a French RPG from the mm. name. And it turns out it isn't at all. It's a Japanese developer. And oh, right, okay. I couldn't find out during my research earlier why it has these French links, because there's a few characters that have got French names, and obviously the game itself has a French name. So mm. that assumption was for nothing, and I don't know why they'd made that choice. Mm, I think that it's you have told me that it was French, and therefore I've taken that on. Yeah, because I always assumed it was, and it wasn't. So the developer was Nextech. Have you heard of them? No. Nextech are a Japanese firm that were contractors. They... Uh, games companies contracted them to make games for them um sega and capcom for example and actually their output is pretty good so they were founded in september 1992 and were disbanded in july 2016 but some of the games they've Mm. made are resident evil code veronica which oh yeah you wouldn't have played because Resident Evil. i can't play but i've heard it's very good yeah exactly dino crisis yep which i have played and it is fun yeah, Shenmue. Bloody hell, really? Yeah, so quite... This a... is them? Yeah, so got some pedigree, okay. got some good chops. Yeah, Shenmue's like properly cult, isn't it? Like people love Shenmue. Have you ever played it? Shenmue 3 was released. So Shenmue 1 and 2, I think, were Dreamcast, Dreamcast. initially, yeah. weren't they? And they were stuck on there for a little while. And then they've been re-released recently. I think they've been re-released previous. I haven't played them, but they've got a very good reputation. Yes. I don't know how Shenmue 3 went down, but that's an aside for another day. Yes, absolutely. No, I've I've never played them, but same as you. They're games that I've always wanted to play because of the high regard they're held in. I know that mm. one of them has you driving a forklift and is supposed to be quite good, despite the that not sounding particularly appealing, perhaps. Well, there's a game called Blast Core, which the concept of that sounds ridiculous. You drive heavy machinery, heavy heavy vehicles through buildings and things and blow up 
buildings and stuff. Have you not heard of Blasco? No, not N64 at all. N64 game. No. Uh, and that's a laugh riot. Right, okay. As the uh, as the 50s chap would say. <laughs> would they say that? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know who says laugh riot. Maybe it's just me. So I've chosen this game as it was a Christmas present. I think it was for Christmas 1998 I got this when I was 12 years old. And the main overriding memory of it was it was another one where it was pre-owned because it had the P written on the cartridge and on the manual. Mm. And it also had a manual. And you thought that that stood for... Peter. Yes. For no reason whatsoever. Well, why would you, you know, when you're a little nipper, opening some presents on Christmas morning, uh, uh, Mummy, Daddy, why is there a a P on this? Um, My dad... Again, though, 1998. How old are you when you're calling yourself a little nipper? Twelve. Twelve. You're in secondary school. I wasn't so not so quite sure, a yeah. nipper. As I said, I think it's back in our very first episode, my dad, with some very quick thinking, said that it was meant for someone called Peter and... Oh, so it was your dad got... that misled you? Okay, yeah. fine. That's yeah. fine then. I mean, th- looking back at it, maybe I should have queried, well, poor Peter, he's, he's not got a game this Christmas and I've got this <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, so Peter was supposed to get this game, but I robbed his dad on the way home and now you've yeah. got it. Maybe Peter got my present and maybe it was better. Who knows? What's the problem with pre-owned games? Why did your dad feel like he had to tell you that it was new? What do you mean? Your dad, instead of saying, well, that means that someone else owned it before, he made up it's that it was supposed Santa, to be for someone called Peter. Right, okay, sorry. Yeah. Never mind. At 12 years old, I was totally you over Santa. Yeah, you know, I was very aware that Santa wasn't real. You right. got to secondary school without knowing that Santa was fake. No, no, I of course I knew that Santa was fake. I just I had to play along for, for my little brother. I found out Santa was fake because when I was, I think, about 10, a Christmas list that I'd written and had supposedly been sent to Santa, my gran gave it back to me with quite a dismissive, oh yeah, you probably want this back, don't you? And that was how I found out. <laughs> is this the same one that brought you Stargate or is no, that a different it's, one? it's to the one. A different one? Right. Yeah. My overriding memory of this pre-owned game is that the manual absolutely stank of Vicks Vaporub. <laughs> Why? Which, well, exactly. It begs the question, whoever owns the game before me, what were they doing? Peter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lathering himself Ooh. and the manual with Vicks Vaporub and slathering it on himself. Well, I have no idea. Oh, no. But even, like, because oh, it's it sat up in a, in a box in the attic. It's not a game, is it? People don't use Vicks Vaporub for sexy times, do they? I imagine it would sting if they did. Yeah, I would think so. But, you know, there might be people that like <sighs> that kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's a different... It's not a sexy game, though, as far as I know. So it, there's, there's very little any way. eroticism or titillating aspects of it. So the game itself is, is sat in a box in my attic. When I've gone back to it and opened the box, it still smells of Vicks. And we're now on 2020, so 22 years after the event. That's a bit weird. Yeah, there was a lot of Vicks. So is your copy called Soleil? Yes. Then, yeah. Rather than Crusader of Senti. Fine. Yeah. I'm just having a look to see how much it's worth. For, um, I've read quite a few articles about it earlier. Apparently it's actually worth quite a lot because it didn't sell very well. So I'm just looking now. There's one on one on eBay, £500. Jesus, has it got bits on it? Listed, listed. Yeah. It's buy it now, that one. But these are presumably ones that don't smell of Vicks Vaporub. Mm, yeah, but it doesn't matter necessarily if... Oh, bloody hell, 129. So this game's going for 129 quid on eBay. Yeah, that's a sold price. And I've Sega got... Mega Drive with manual, English yeah, yeah. version. Yeah, manual yeah, stinks So I've got a site in the roof just gathering dust and it's worth 130 quid. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, I mean, pretty... Oh, oh. oh no, that's Batman and Robin. Never mind. I saw one, it, it was listed for... £400 and sold for £400, but that's a different game. Right. I don't know why it's come up here. Uh, Soleil? Yeah. Landstalker, C, Quest, DSV. Landstalker was another very good Mega Drive action RPG. 
Yeah, they've sold for 200 pounds. 90, 75, 32. There's a bit of changeability, but it's not unfeasible for you to get more than 100 pounds for this. So, congratulations. Mm, Merry Christmas. Yeah, you can get yourself a few bitmap books with that. <laughs> I'll get you a few with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it was a game that when I got it, I was really obsessed with this. I'd never played a game like it. So I'd not, I think at that point, played any RPGs. In fact, I definitely hadn't. So, it was something that when I played it, I was like, this is amazing. I, I couldn't put it down. And I can remember that Christmas holiday playing it non-stop to the point where mm. as as you said i was 12 i can remember going to having to be taken to my grandparents for a meal one day and being quite teenagery stroppy about it of, oh, I, I want to stay here and play on my computer game in retrospect mm. what a sport little shit but at the time it felt completely justified yeah i mean that's going to contrast probably quite poorly with with the story that i've got to tell next week so right it'll give people a clear idea like a clear image of the differences between you and i right the spoiled middle class christopher and the stoic working class Ashley, both around well, about the same age. I think I was 13 when my story takes place and you're 12, totally divergent uh, responses to a somewhat upsetting event. I mean, to be fair to my parents, they just told me to crack on, you know, there's no way they're going to leave me at home to play on a computer game instead of going to my grandparents' house for lunch. So I just... just Yeah, in fairness to your parents, not to you. No. I'm sure I've had my moments, but yours are definitely worse. Just... <laughs> petulant i don't know why i'm laboring the point no it's fine i last played this game in december 2004 when i was at university in my first year of university i was in lectures for four hours a week i was sharing a flat with five other people and we had a communal kitchen area and then like your room that you slept in had your bed and your desk and whatever and the people is this your first year yes Mm, so this is halls but it's not halls that was the word i was looking for thank you the people i shared with i just did not like at all so basically i just became a bit of a hermit and just stayed in my room and Mm. played this game because it was i think in retrospect psychoanalyzing myself when i was 18 at university maybe i wanted to play something i knew would give me some comfort i, I don't know yeah especially if you weren't getting on with people no and it was it was quite nice just to sit in my room and, and play on this and then later during that same term san andreas came out and i just sat and played that all the time instead uh, instead of socializing with people uh i haven't played this game for 16 years and i'm quite looking forward to it because i have very positive memories of this game hmm, cool should we take that as a cue and get stuck into it yeah sure good i'm quite looking forward to this uh, by the way i haven't actually played it i've booted it up before just to see what it looked like mm-hmm. and then turned it off but i'm quite looking forward to it so uh, yeah thanks me too. for choosing it bro I think you think that I don't like this game, but I thought it was all right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's brilliant. So I had a little look on the um, on the break, and actually this was published by Atlas in America as well, yep. which I didn't know either. So that's pretty cool. Sort so of what's, Atlas's what's early his, days. What's the history of Atlas then? Atlas put out lots of RPGs. They, they bring a lot of Japanese RPGs that other people wouldn't touch with a barge pole. They bring right. them over here. Do you know Persona? 
Yes, I've heard of Persona, but never. never yeah, so they made that. I can't think of any early, early Atlas games that I've played. This is probably one of the earliest, or although maybe there are other things that have that I've played. So Shin Megami Tensei is where Persona comes from, I believe, and that was released on the SNES in the early '90s. So that would be earlier than this, but I haven't played it. Yeah, we talked during the break as well. I've got in the first half about the release date of this game it was june 1994 in japan and early 95 elsewhere so where does that fit it chronologically in relation to link to the past yeah so that's a good question because certainly when i've had a little look at things previously one of the things that kept coming up was that it was like a zelda clone or or something like that so i checked and it's a couple of years after link to the past uh, which means that it could potentially be a zelda clone however I'm not sure I agree with that. What do you think? No, I don't either. I think it's it's a simple shorthand, isn't it, to, to say Zelda clone and then everyone gets a bit of an idea of what it is. But I think it's mm. reductive because I don't think it is a Zelda clone. I think it's an action RPG, which Zelda mm. also is. But I, I think the similarities mostly ends there. I think there are similarities. So just to put a couple out there, one of the things that you learn how to do early on in this game is throw your sword, which yeah. seems like a facsimile of the Zelda sword beam you know mm-hmm. and then there was a speed jump that you could do which resembled the pegasus boots or the rock feather in um in Link's, Link's awakening. awakening so there are definitely similarities however i agree with you i don't think it is just it's not like they've set out to make zelda for the mega drive it's more that they have seen zelda and gone bloody hell that's pretty good yeah we could do a good job of that as of making a game like that and put our own little spin on it which is what genre is we've discussed this before yeah. genre exists because games have similarities and to reduce it down as you say to calling it a clone of this or that is denying its quite identity. obvious i think yeah quite obvious uh identity it does have a, a quite a strong identity well the main thrust of the game is this whole pairing of animals which we didn't talk about in the first half no fairly early on in the game you unlock the ability to talk to animals and plants bizarrely and that obviously enables you to talk to animals within the game world and you can convince them to join your party so they hover behind you and you can unlock a total of 16 i think i don't think all of them i didn't realize there were so many that's that yeah I didn't. I don't think all of them are actually unlocked through the main game itself. Well, I think a couple are optional side quests, but I might be wrong with that. But as you get these animals, each animal has its own ability. So the first mm. animal you get is the character's dog, which follows behind you, and you press a button and the dog freezes, and then enemies will go for that dog as opposed to you so it enables Mm. you to get some easy hits in then you get other animals with abilities which ones did you were you particularly taken by yeah so uh you get you get a penguin i found a hare that i couldn't speak to when i found him but i got the dog that you can use the hare teaches you how to jump which is useful but the hare isn't part of your party it's just not part of your clan no an npc what is that i don't understand why i suppose they want you to be able to jump without being tethered to only being able to jump yeah. on one of the animals. Is. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. So I found the hare, found the penguin, and I was just racing to get the cheetah, who apparently you said lets you go fast, which makes sense. Yeah. And, and I had the flying squirrel. And the flying squirrel lets your sword throw, extends the, the range of that. So you yeah. pair that with the penguin, and then they and you've syn- got a freezing synergize sword together. Fly. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's a really yeah. interesting mechanic. I think yeah. and again something that differentiates it distinguishes it from its competition 
once you think about those those 16 animals and you've got all yeah. those pairs within that, mm. there's a lot of combinations that you can make. A game that it did come out after this chrono trigger it's an rpg not an action rpg but it has this mechanic where you can combine two different special moves they call them techs i think in chrono trigger and into a bigger move and that game was it 1996 chrono trigger and this is 1994 you said yeah so a couple of years before chrono trigger i don't know whether it's the first game to allow you to do that but i think that it's certainly as far as i'm aware it's the first action rpg to allow you to create new powers out of mm-hmm. out of two separate powers and yeah. just a really good idea it's linked to combat depending on which animals you equip i suppose but then also you can then unlock things within the map so you might have at one point in one of the areas spotted something on a ledge and then a bit later on in the game you unlock an animal oh actually now yeah. i can go back and, and, and get that so i really like that that it it not only aids you in terms of the combat but also it's your traversal and unlocking of the world itself because i was constantly getting a new animal and then right oh i can now use this in this area and going back to this area and i realized that backtracking so again it's that's this kind of thing that somebody more cynical than i'm currently feeling frankly and i'm quite cynical most of the time (laughs) but someone more cynical might say well that is ripped straight out of zelda but i just think you can't really copyright the idea of <laughs> navigational on no. un- unlocking a, unlocking parts of the world or, or locking parts of the world behind having a certain power or item in the case of Zelda. So yeah, it feels like a bit of a reach to just say Soleil or Crusader of Senti is a Zelda clone. It, it is its own yeah. thing. It has its own ideas and that the, the powers, the animal based powers, that is one of them and one of, and, and a strong one. A yep. very strong one. So another thing that I quite enjoyed, the dungeon, to again, steal a little bit of Zelda parlance from uh, from them, the dungeon where you, I think it's the second dungeon. If you count the mountain as the first dungeon, the second dungeon is the cave where there's wind blowing from left to right. See, I would call them areas as opposed to dungeons because they're not framed Yeah, they're dungeons. more spaces, they're... aren't they? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So that was the first area that did put me very solidly in mind of Zelda in a good way because it had this puzzle element to the navigation you were moving around Mm. this very very large cavern that was filled with water and there were islands in the water at the same time as you were moving around there was wind that blew from left or right uh, periodically and you could use the wind to your advantage at times to make you to allow you to jump further yeah or it would be a burden like it would put it would hold you back and you'd land in the water or something when you were trying to jump some some particular place or you'd be trying to push against it in order to not fall off a platform yeah exactly timing your jumps correctly to to maximize the helpfulness of the of the wind which again i think is a really nice idea and well executed here it put me in mind of zelda not because of that but because of the way that you were navigating around the space and to try and find different like to find a switch and the switch will then bring up a platform in the water that will then allow you to get to a different area of the cavern Mm -hmm. and so on so that sort of navigation around a space whether we're calling it dungeon or not that feels like the same concept of puzzle solving to progress as as is in zelda certainly linked to the past but again we've got that with an added layer of invention in terms of the mechanic of the of the wind yeah that's layered over that so i'm going to stop talking about zelda i think i think we can can't we (laughs) because it is its own game it has some similarities but they aren't really what define it another game we should maybe mention then is sonic the random sonic cameo oh yeah 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 so that that links back presumably to the fact that they were they were hired guns you Mm. said next tech and so sega have bought their work to build this game and therefore they had a bit of license to pop sonic on a 
sun lounger yeah, on, on the, the beach, beach, which is on the back of the box. And I remember thinking, oh, that's really cool. And he only appears in it in that one situation. So I think yeah. it's interesting that out of all the screenshots they could have chosen, they went for one that has Sonic in. Yeah. What does that mean, though? What does that suggest? The brand, it, are they saying The synergy yeah, of the brand. They're basically saying, this is a Sega game through and through, aren't Precisely. They? Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. I do like the game. I think it's got its own character as well i said in the first half that mega drive action rpgs or mega drive rpgs as a general a more general rule they have their ver- a very distinctive look and feel to them this one diverges to some extent it still looks like a, a mega drive rpg it looks good but it looks really good considering yeah it, it absolutely does and it also has these quite strange moments like idiosyncrasies like the fact that sonic appears in it's almost felt like it's it was part of the art style so they'd done their own take on sonic whilst maintaining what sonic looks like and then just shortly after you meet these weird elephants that look they look like a a halfway house between comical caricatures and realistic lifelike elephants yeah Uh, quite a strange moment in the game i felt but they're an actual family you can talk to them because you get power to be able to talk to animals don't you ellie and Um, fant yeah and then daddy fant which for some reason i found a bit weird (laughs) Daddy Fant. It sounds a little bit sordid and seedy, but we won't go too far into that because that's probably more about me. Is that what you're getting at? No, no. No, no. Something something weirder, I think. They were a bit weird, but again, I think that they were part of the weird charm. There was a slightly... Mm. There was a strangeness to the game that I found quite charming. Which, again, was maybe why I thought it was French, because French games and French media always, I feel, has an identity of its own. Yeah. Like, Little Big Adventure, one of my absolute favourite games Mm. ever is okay. very idiosyncratic that word you just mentioned there i mean i don't know i don't know that we've got the time to make the case for that rock solid anecdotally i can see where you're going with it and there are certain films certain television programs that i can think of off just off the top of my head that would definitely back you up Bellville so, rendezvous. yeah exactly that kind yeah. of slightly askew look at the world that the french sometimes bring however it's not french so it's a moot point anyway <laughs> No, no, it's not. No. But I honestly, I really, I can see where you're coming from with that. So I could definitely forgive you. Uh, shout out to the parallaxing as well in the training area. Yeah. I loved it. People, you the Mega bit... Drive loves parallaxing. Well, you know, we expect, I've come to expect it from Mega Drive games. It was something that they seem to be proud of, the de- the developers on Mega Drive games. So the training so area was, was sitting, okay. it sat in a woods and around the edge of the screen, when you got further towards the left or right of the edge, there was this foliage that looked like you were peering down mm. at the character. And I just thought it was lovely. I thought that the clouds in the first town, yeah. I thought that they were much subtler than this edge foliage that you're talking about in that training area they were a much subtler version of the same thing and i think i liked them better so that was the shadow of the clouds on the ground to give you the impression that the sun was shining through and, and they actually moved across yeah. the ground it, it did look they really moved good. across the ground if you were moving in the opposite direction that they were parallaxing at the same time and they did look really nice and effective in making it feel like you were up above everything and so yeah you just mentioned directions. We both mentioned the fluidity of control the character that you could move in eight directions. Well, it's really, not. Really it easily. wasn't. So it wasn't the fluidity of the movement, although that was that was just fine. It was the animation. The animation mm. when you spun the character, as you said, you can move in eight directions, which I know doesn't sound <laughs> no <laughs> totally amazing, <laughs> uh, but you can move in eight directions, and the animation moving from each point to each uh, from each compass point to each compass point was just so so smooth so smooth and then you saw that again with the octopus 
boss mm-hmm. in the wind cave that we were talking about earlier. So this octopus boss had these flailing arms and he was spinning around to flail them at you. He'd start front facing to you and then he'd spin around and you'd see the side of him and the back of him. And the the, the animation, it looked like a 3D animation. It was just so smooth. Better yeah. than stuff that I was seeing, that you'd see on the like actual 3D animations or on the PlayStation or whatever. It was better than that. It was just so, so well animated. I think that largely applied to the game. I think the, the game was really really well executed animation wise yeah i cannot believe this came out in 1994 no i can't either really came out afterwards on the mega drive as well it looks so much better if you put this game out now visually it would hold up Mm. there are eight or 16 bit games now that haven't quite cracked the quality that crusader of santi seems to have hit on 25 years earlier so yeah totally totally brilliant so what negatives were there not really any well i a couple then (laughs) uh being me so the first boss that you fight is in this house and it's like a a skewed version of red riding hood it absolutely that's what i was gonna say yeah it's a, a wolf who is taking the part of red riding hood the gran whoever the gran belongs to is hiding in the in the um chimney fireplace yeah and the wolf decides he's gonna eat you my problem with him just to get out of the way is the hitbox was just a bit weird you were supposed to run in and hit him but i was nowhere near him and it was it was still registering as me running mm-hmm. into him which I, it was a bit frustrating i can forgive it though it it's small enough and it's the sort of thing that when you when you play in a game if it's if it's good everywhere else as long as you can learn to overcome something like a randomly shaped hitbox yeah then you can dismiss it can't you, you can ignore it that was one minor nitpick on a side note that boss is just a weird boss yeah so it's the wolf from a riding hood and he or she in order it, to attack you it hits itself on the head with a hammer and then the imagine in a cartoon the the, the stars, stars that, and the, the birds that go around yeah and they, his head. they spiral out and you physically will hit, hit hurt you if they get you so you have to dodge in the gaps between them and then get some hits in on him and then yeah. he hits himself on the head with a hammer again and rinse and repeat it's just bizarre exactly bizarre it made absolutely no sense and that's what i was getting out with the elephants like there's a certain weirdness to this game that is somewhat charming and well, strange at the same time totally out of place but also has a charm to it i can remember the wolf boss being another photo on the back of the box as well so you had this this wolf with the boggling eyes and it's hit itself on the head with a hammer Mm. juxtaposed next to an image of sonic chilling on the beach so there's myriad images the game's going for that was a very minor quibble this may be more important issue that i felt the game had is that it lacked direction so yeah to to do something that i said i wasn't going to do let me just bring up zelda to compare this is a place where it diverges from zelda and zelda is maybe doing things a bit better a bit smoother for the player in a zelda game or in link to the past in particular you know where you're going at all times like you know where the next objective is because you will largely get told Mm -hmm. this is where you need to go now so you never feel lost in zelda here right at the beginning of the game right from the outset you get told to go to the training grounds and then after that by and large you're left to your own devices you get through the first training get that bronze medal that you need and then get kicked out into the overworld i've no idea where i'm supposed to go from there once i got to where i needed to go i still didn't have any idea where i needed to go or what i was supposed to do so it was a bit sort of trial and error based yeah the way the game's structured is you'd if you went to the wrong area you'd eventually realize there's nothing to do so you'd have to go somewhere else and when 
I got the power to speak to animals. I spoke to one of the chickens that was clicking around the town and it gave me a fairly heavy-handed clue as to what I should do next rather than spelling it out for me. So there yeah, were things you could access. But I shouldn't have access. to find a random chicken in order to know what I need to do next, should I? And the chicken, just for context, the chicken is two steps away from where I was kicked out of this training ground on the overworld. So I... Having to randomly search about for your next objective isn't necessarily great. However, as I said, and and I totally agree with you, like you will eventually fumble your way to Mm -hmm. the next place you need to be. Once you get there, though, it's this mountain, isn't it? So you you end up at these mountains, and then what do you do? You're at the bottom of the mountain, you come out into the bottom of the mountain, you're supposed to climb the mountain, but you don't really... Nobody knows what your next objective is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I fumbled my way towards it and sort of found an objective for myself, breaking breaking these barrier things that then let water out that then you're supposed to ride to the bottom of the mountain but it, it was really fumbling towards it I, I didn't quite get there and you ended up telling me so again for you it was trial and error yeah it was trial and error i i had to say to myself right well it seems like the game is is offering these things up they're a little bit suspicious a little bit conspicuous yeah and so i will make that my objective i will find what i was trying to do was find all of them and break them all thinking that maybe this amount of water will rise up and rise up yeah. and i'll be able to jump from one place or swim from one place to another which that is wasn't fairly the case in the understandable that that's yeah it's a reasonable rational guess isn't it yeah. but i shouldn't have to guess see i would say i usually like games that explicitly tell me what to do next do. i mm. like it in this because it doesn't hold your hand through and it leads you to figure it out for yourself but again mm. that might just be because i i could remember what to do at each yes, step possibly because yeah. i knew the game so well i think there's a difference between hand holding and what this does you can forego hand holding in a game and still give direction to the player and it can be direction that they gain intuitively but there's still direction in this it felt at time well it felt throughout that i was floundering around trying to figure out what i was supposed to be doing next Mm -hmm. if it was a bit more directed then this game would be an absolute stunner and probably a classic a mega drive classic at the moment it is a bit of a cult classic isn't it it's it's yeah it's known about but it's not it's not again it's not you know i'll tell you this much it's better than sonic let me let me just say that so it's a better game than sonic and by rights if it had got everything right it would be up there with a sonic it's spoken of fondly and i think the phrase you just said about it being a bit of a cult classic i think that's accurate because Mm. people do look back on it well but it just it didn't quite sadly get the recognition i think it deserved yeah oh before we move on sorry you told me in the first half, that it had something to do with the Bible, and yes, I that's didn't what I was about to say. gather. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. So I didn't gather any Bible allusions. Was I missing them? Was I just not no. up on my Bible? No, it was because you you were sort of trying to guess during the the playthrough about oh, is it is it covertly trying to I don't know have have some mm. sort of uh, brainwashing? It wasn't that. In it. I, you often get. I told you about the uh, the Scientologists in Neopets, in didn't Neopets, I? Yeah, wanting to put in a a Scientology education area. And that seems to be a thing, like an approach that some religions or non-religions even take 
in terms of bringing people into the fold. So it wouldn't have surprised me at all to find that this was like a surreptitious attempt to educate people on Christianity. Some sort of Chriso training children. ground. Yeah, exactly. They exist. They do exist. Saying it in a kind way to bring people into the religion mm. when they are malleable, if you get my drift. Yes. So yeah, I wasn't saying is it surreptitious. I was just wondering out loud, is this game an attempt to engage the youth? So I grew up in a secular household with no religion whatsoever. Yeah. And some things happen in the game that I later discovered were allusions to or, or directly taken from the Bible. So later on, you come across the Tower of Babel, and it's called the Tower of Babel. Oh, right. Okay. And the humans have built it to get closer to, to heaven, which is, I think, what happens in the Bible itself. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you the Tower of Babel? I don't, I'm not a religious person either, was, but was I know the, they, they the story of the Tower of Babel. to God? So the Tower of Babel, they, people started building the Tower of Babel, and God smote it right god smote it down because he thought that it was a challenge to his power and the reason that they were able to create such a monument a monumental feat was because everybody communicated in the same language Mm -hmm. and it's the bible's explanation for why different languages around the world exist because god decided to stop cooperation that would allow them to build monuments that rival his own power, he would stop them from being able to communicate. And that was where the Babelfish from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came from. So a Babelfish is a fish that you stick in your ear uh, that allows you to hear and understand immediately other languages. Which you now get a snap on your phone. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. This (laughs) this boggles my brain. You mentioned the Tower of Babel being linked to languages. Obviously, in the part of the game that you and I both played through, our character gained the ability to talk to animals and plants. Yeah. I think what happens later on in the game is you lose the power to talk to humans and exclusively talk to animals and plants, which then has that whole language oh. link in it as well. And when you get to climb the Tower of Babel, you end up in this celestial, heaven-like area. I think you even have angels and you're hopping across the clouds. I mean, that's as biblical as it gets, yeah. but the key point is the moral of this game. This this game's plot is very, very clever. And it, it really uh, has an impact on me as a child anyway. So the, How so? So the crux of the game is, are monsters inherently evil? Or what defines evil? So you and I are both... Really? Going through this, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, wow. and I, <laughs> you and I are both going through this canyon, slaughtering monsters left, right and centre. Yeah. Because we were in this world where you were told monsters are evil go get them because it's it's your destiny etc later on in the game um i think it was actually just after the the cheetah area there's Hmm. a bit where you are turned into a monster into this little blob you experience briefly what it's like to be a monster and some monsters befriend you and take them to their wing and they say oh yeah this is what it's like people run away from us and then you get turned back into a human. And in order to get further out, you have to then kill the monsters that have just helped you. Jesus. It really made me very uncomfortable uh, yeah. when, when I was... Uh, so you didn't have a choice not to kill the monsters? You no, actually I don't think had so. Right. Yeah. So, so the obvious thing that comes to mind here, I think, is Undertale. Have you played Undertale? I've got it, but I've not played it. Right. Well, you should play it because there is... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to ruin it for you. But Undertale is extremely relevant here. Okay. So yeah, if you should go and play it, and then we could have talked about it if you'd played the bloody games that you oh, it's, bought. It's what? Yeah, exactly. It's one of the many games I've got, but not, not yeah. played yet. So 
you have this whole quandary the monsters once you go past that it made me feel a bit well actually should i be doing this but obviously what happens in the game you have to be killing these monsters you end up without without ruining it for you undertale does something that is in a similar vein okay um and it's the first time because i haven't played this game before it's the first we exist (laughs) you said we in the game you exist in this world where monsters are the bad guys or whatever the whole hobby is is about it is quite clear cut Mm. in who is good and who is bad like the whole of gaming has this divide between you're the goody and these are the baddies and there's no real gray area a lot of the time so whenever there's gray area introduced into the in into a game it it always is quite striking and always quite interesting to see um and undertale was the first time that i had really well the first time in a long time that i'd experienced that um and i'd kind of forgotten that that was the case and then undertale does something that made me go ah right Oh, right. Okay. Oh dear, <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> um, so yeah. So interesting. What this, the whole use of language is you end up in this kind of so humans good, monsters bad, and then animals and plants are neutral. And because you've got this ability to speak to animals and plants, you're kind of in the middle of these two camps. And yeah. then later on, I think you're then made to feel more sympathetic with the monsters and against the humans. And I remember there's a bit where, for whatever reason, some monsters end up in the town that you're in from the, at the start of the game. Mm. And I can remember they're, they're in the church, which again has this whole linked religion. And yeah. there's some uh, soldiers banging on the door saying that they want to come in to, to kill them. And these, these monsters are really scared. I think you leave the church... And the soldiers marching after you. And then I can remember distinctly, you go back in, the three monsters, and there's three of them, they've been killed by these soldiers. Oh. One of them you can talk to, and you, you, you talk to him, and he says something like, why does it have to happen? It could have ended a different way. And if you keep talking to him, keep talking to him, eventually it says nothing, and then it says, it appears that it's died. So the, the, the wow. conversation, it, it was really, it really genuinely affected me as a child. And it's then, a real shame that we didn't have a chance to get to, the, yeah, to all these moments uh, while we've been playing, because that totally, it, we've been umming and ahhing, or, well, not umming and ahhing, I think we're pretty categorical that it is its own game and it has its own ideas, ga- gameplay-wise even, is where I was aiming. But that that sounds like an arc that really makes it quite a defining i mean I, is there any other game at the time that was doing that sort of thing again it's so deep, isn't it? i just don't know yes yeah, a really interesting thing to for for a game to delve into and well, it, it uh, sounds like an interesting way to present the idea it culminates in you meeting this character called mother monster who's li- who's this large beating heart Mm. you have to kill to get rid of all the monsters and as you're killing it it's offering no defense whatsoever which again makes you question why am i doing this the hell yeah and then it ends up you end up doing this whole thing where there's like a parallel universe and you go through the whole game but it's like alternative alternate versions of the areas you've gone through with like a different color scheme i remember that very yeah. clearly as well because it's, it's this whole purpose? i think it was like uh if the monsters had won or something i can't quite remember why but i can just remember that valley that you and i played through tonight i can remember mm. that you go through but the blues are red instead so it has this really clear like defined definite difference yeah mm. wow that honestly you've blown my mind <laughs> with this game it, with this revelation um because bible pun intended honestly i i I really do feel that i was judging the game on a completely on the completely wrong footing and if i'd known 
about all of that, then I wouldn't have even the the consideration of is this or isn't this a clone of Zelda mm. wouldn't really have, have factored in because that just that just sounds amazing and interesting yeah. and weird again and ultimately the plot of the game who really are the bad guys that's genuinely had an impact on me in, in, in anything I watch anything I oh, yeah. read anything I play it always makes me question what's going on a lot more than I think yeah. I wouldn't have done had I not played this game I'm reading a book at the moment called I don't know if I told you already mistakes were made but not by me right and it's about um, self-justification and how because we are built to preserve our self mm-hmm. we self-justify in order to get out of feeling like bad people so if you find yourself in a, a conflict the chances are you will feel justified because you have found reasons to justify whatever you've done. And yep. the other person will feel as just as justified, just as um, just as righteous, because they found ways to justify the complete opposite of what you've found, uh, of what you're justifying. Um, and we're all living in these in this world where everyone thinks that they're the good person mm-hmm. and that everything that they do is right because why would you do it if it's not right? And when we run into situations where that's challenged, we find it really, really difficult to stand back and go, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but that is such a big life skill, isn't it? Having that self-reflection. Yeah, it's really, it, it is difficult. And to be able to give an unqualified apology, I think is linked yeah. as well. So being able to say sorry and mean it and um, and not qualify it, just to say, I am sincerely sorry and leave it at that, yeah. What I was getting at though is that I'm reading this book. It's 300 odd pages long, written in 2005 or six, I think. Ten years before that, it was <laughs> Crusader of Senti was having the same conversation with children. <laughs> yeah. With children, which is harder, and probably coming to some similar conclusions or having similar ideas. Really interesting. Thank you. What I want to query: Was there a purpose for the game? To the game sort of pushing you into these positions where you were having to follow through on murdering innocent monsters. I just don't understand why it was putting you in such a difficult position with no option but to plough on. And I mean, there, there might have been the option to, to leave them. I, I just remember but that situation being presented. <laughs> maybe. I can't quite remember in that level of detail. Mm. It maybe was just to, to really hammer home the point about humans bad monsters good or whatever it was trying to to say yeah i think there was a i I think it was modern warfare or 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 a call of duty game where there was the level that put you in an airport and you had to murder civilians oh yes i remember the the hoo-ha so again ham-handed is that right ham-handed ham-fisted yeah ham-fisted way of doing the same thing that crusader of santi was doing a couple of decades earlier yeah yeah, it's oh man. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. You've you've solidified. I'm going to be playing this game now. Bloody hell. Yeah, I ain't got time. I, I, <laughs> I really want to get stuck back into it as well because I really enjoyed playing it tonight. It's uh, it it it's br- it's brilliant. Mm. So next week's episode is your Christmas game. It is. Yeah, in which we get to hear your version of my. Yeah, more and more, I'm thinking I've chosen the wrong game, especially following up this episode because you've you've <laughs> brought a game. You brought something that Deep. I mean, we haven't talked too much about Christmas, but. The concept behind the game is intriguing, and my game is nothing like that. It's uh, very popcorn. Peggle or something. It's not Peggle, no, no. It's it's just it's more popular culture than that. So right. yeah, yeah. Bloody hell! I I I'm sorry if I seem a bit um a bit away. Like it's a, taking like you I've back, just, hasn't it? Yeah, like I, I can't believe that you didn't front up with all this stuff so that we, so that I was going in knowing what to expect. I, and I, I really, really wish that we'd had time to, 
experience it. So yeah. anyway, while I while I deal with my um my feelings, if you are listening to this thinking, bloody hell, that game sounds amazing, or you're thinking, bloody hell, that game sounds like this game that I've played, then please do come and find us on uh, and let us know whatever whatever your feelings are, having heard these revelations, on Facebook and Twitter. It's we are true. on Instagram as well and on YouTube as well, so doing other bits on there. Find us anywhere, that's what I'm saying. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week for our next Christmas The Christmas episode. 2020 episode two. Yep, episode three if you count the gift guide. Yeah, okay, episode, the, episode the main, main line of, episode. Yeah, stick with us for that. We might do an episode one day where it explains what all the numbering systems are. Thank you. Bye. See you later. Bye. <laughs>